Section twenty eight of The World as Will and Idea. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read for you by Chiquito Crasto. The World as Will and Idea, Volume One by Arthur Schopenhauer, R. B. Haldane, and J. Kemp. The Third Book The World as Idea second aspect section fifty two now that we have considered all the fine arts in the general way that is suitable to our point of view beginning with architecture the peculiar end of which is to elucidate the objectification of will at the lowest grades of its visibility in which it shows itself as the dumb unconscious tendency of the mass in accordance with laws and yet already reveals a breach of the unity of will with itself in a conflict between gravity and rigidity and ending with the consideration of tragedy which presents to us at the highest grades of the objectification of will this very conflict with itself in terrible magnitude and distinctness we find that there is still another fine art which has been excluded from our consideration and has to be excluded for in the systematic connection of our exposition there was no fitting place for it i mean music it stands alone quite cut off from all the other arts in it we do not recognize the copy or repetition of any idea of existence in the world yet it is such a great and exceedingly noble art its effect on the inmost nature of man is so powerful and it is so entirely and deeply understood by him in his inmost consciousness as a perfectly universal language the distinctness of which surpasses even that of the perceptible world itself that we certainly have more to look for in it than an exercitum arithmeticae occultum nescientis se numerare animi which leibniz called it yet he was perfectly right as he considered only its immediate external significance in form but if it were nothing more the satisfaction which it affords would be like that which we feel when a sum in arithmetic comes out right and could not be that intense pleasure with which we see the deepest recesses of our nature find utterance from our standpoint therefore at which the aesthetic effect is the criterion we must attribute to music a far more serious and deep significance connected with the inmost nature of the world and our own self and in reference to which the arithmetical proportions to which it may be reduced are related not as a thing signified but merely as a sign that in some sense music must be related to the world as a representation of the thing represented as the copy to the original we may conclude from the analogy of the other arts all of which possess this character and affect us on the whole in the same way as it does only that the effect of music is stronger quicker more necessary and infallible further its representative relation to the world must be very deep absolutely true and strikingly accurate because it is instantly understood by every one and has the appearance of a certain infallibility because its form may be reduced to perfectly definite rules expressed in numbers from which it cannot free itself without entirely ceasing to be music yet the point of comparison between music and the world 
the respect in which it stands to the world in the relation of a copy or repetition is very obscure men have practised music in all ages without being able to account for this content to understand it directly they renounce all claim to an abstract conception of this direct understanding itself i gave my mind entirely up to the impression of music in all its forms and then returned to reflection and the system of thought expressed in the present work and thus i arrived at an explanation of the inner nature of music and of the nature of its imitative relation to the world which from analogy had necessarily to be presupposed an explanation which is quite sufficient for myself and satisfactory to my investigation and which will doubtless be equally evident to any one who has followed me thus far and has agreed with my view of the world yet i recognize the fact that it is essentially impossible to prove this explanation for it assumes and establishes a relation to music as idea to that which from its nature can never be idea and music will have to be regarded as the copy of an original which can never itself be directly presented as idea i can therefore do no more than state here at the conclusion of this third book which has been principally devoted to the consideration of the arts the explanation of the marvellous art of music which satisfies myself and i must leave the acceptance or denial of my view to the effect produced upon each of my readers both by music itself and by the whole system of thought communicated in this work moreover i regard it as necessary in order to be able to assent with full conviction to the exposition of the significance of music i am about to give that one should often listen to music with constant reflection upon my theory concerning it and for this again it is necessary to be very familiar with the whole of my system of thought the platonic ideas are the adequate objectification of will to excite or suggest the knowledge of these by means of the representation of particular things for works of art themselves are always representations of particular things is the end of all of the other arts which can only be attained by a corresponding change in the knowing subject thus all these arts objectify the will indirectly only by means of the ideas and since our world is nothing but the manifestation of the ideas in multiplicity though their entrance into the principium individuationis the form of the knowledge possible for the individual as such music also since it passes over the ideas is entirely independent of the phenomenal world ignores it altogether could to a certain extent exist if there was no world at all which cannot be said of the arts music is as direct an objectification and copy of the whole will as the world itself nay even as the ideas whose multiplied manifestation constitutes the world of individual things music is thus by no means like the other arts the copy of the ideas but the copy of the will itself whose objectivity the ideas are this is why the effect of music is so much more powerful and penetrating than that of the other arts for they speak only of shadows but it speaks of the thing itself since however it is the same will which objectifies itself both in the ideas and in music though in quite different ways there must be not indeed a direct likeness but yet a parallel an analogy between music and the ideas whose manifestation in multiplicity and incompleteness 
is the visible world the establishing of this analogy will facilitate as an illustration the understanding of this exposition which is so difficult on account of the obscurity of the subject i recognize in the deepest tones of harmony in the baz the lowest grades of the objectification of will unorganized nature the mass of the planet it is well known that all the high notes which are easily sounded and die away more quickly are produced by the vibration in their vicinity of the deep bass notes when also the low notes sound the high notes always sound faintly and it is a law of harmony that only those high notes may accompany a bass note which actually already sound along with it of themselves its sons harmonique on account of its vibration this is analogous to the fact that the whole of the bodies and organizations of nature must be regarded as having come into existence through gradual development out of the mass of the planet this is both their supporter and their source and the same relation subsists between the high notes and the bass there is a limit of depth below which no sound is audible this corresponds to the fact that no matter can be perceived without form and quality that is without the manifestation of a force which cannot be further explained in which an idea expresses itself and more generally that no matter can be entirely without will thus as a certain pitch is inseparable from the note as such so a certain grade of the manifestation of will is inseparable from matter bass is thus for us in harmony what unorganized nature the crudest mass upon which all rests and from which everything originates and develops is in the world now further in the whole of the complemental parts which make up the harmony between the bass and the leading voice singing the melody i recognize the whole gradation of the ideas in which the will objectifies itself those nearer to the bass are the lower of these grades the still unorganized but yet manifold phenomenal things the higher represent to me the world of plants and beasts the definite intervals of the scale are parallel to the definite grades of the objectification of will the definite species in nature the departure from the arithmetical correctness of the intervals through some temperament or produced by the key selected is analogous to the departure of the individual from the type of the species indeed even the impure discords which give no definite interval may be compared to the monstrous abortions produced by beasts of two species or by man and beast but to all these baths and complemental parts which make up the harmony there is wanting that connected progress which belongs only to the high voice singing the melody and it alone moves quickly and lightly in modulations and runs while all these others have only a slower movement without a connection in each part for itself the deep bass moves most slowly the representative of the crudest mass its rising and falling occurs only by large intervals in thirds fourths fifths never by one tone unless it is a bass inverted by double counterpoint this slow movement is also physically essential to it a quick run or shake in the low notes cannot even be imagined the higher complemental parts which are parallel to animal life move more quickly but yet without melodious connection and significant progress the disconnected course of all the complemental parts and their regulation by definite laws is analogous to the fact that in the whole irrational world from the crystal to the most perfect animal no being has a connected consciousness of its own which would make its life into a significant whole 
and none experiences a succession of mental developments none perfects itself by culture but everything exists always in the same way according to its kind determined by fixed law lastly in the melody in the high singing principal voice leading the whole and progressing with unrestrained freedom in the unbroken significant connection of one thought from beginning to end representing a whole i recognize the highest grade of the objectification of will the intellectual life and effort of man as he alone because endowed with reason constantly looks before and after on the path of his actual life and its innumerable possibilities and so achieves a course of life which is intellectual and therefore connected as a whole corresponding to this i say the melody has significant intentional connection from beginning to end it records therefore the history of the intellectually enlightened will this will expresses itself in the actual world as a series of its deeds but melody says more it records the most secret history of this intellectually enlightened will pictures every excitement every effort every movement of it all that which the reason collects under the wide and negative concept of feeling and which it cannot apprehend further through its abstract concepts therefore it has always been said that music is the language of feeling and of passion as words are the language of reason plato explains it as melodiarum motus animi affectus imitans deleg and also aristotle says cur numeri musici et modi qui voces sunt moribus similes sese exhibent now the nature of man consists in this that his will strives is satisfied and strives anew and so on for ever indeed his happiness and well-being consist simply in the quick transition from the wish to satisfaction and from satisfaction to a new wish for the absence of satisfaction is suffering the empty longing for a new wish languor ennui and corresponding to this the nature of melody is a constant digression and deviation from the keynote in a thousand ways not only to the harmonious intervals to the third and dominant but to every tone to the dissonant sevenths and to the superfluous degrees yet there always follows a constant return to the keynote in all these deviations melody expresses the multifarious efforts of will but always its satisfaction also by the final return to an harmonious interval and still more to the keynote the composition of melody the disclosure in it of all the deepest secrets of human willing and feeling is a work of genius whose action which is more apparent here than anywhere else lies far from all reflection and conscious intention and may be called an inspiration the conception is here as everywhere in art unfruitful the composer reveals the inner nature of the world and expresses the deepest wisdom in a language which his reason does not understand as a person under the influence of mesmerism tell things of which he has no conception when he awakes therefore in the composer more than in any other artist the man is entirely separated and distinct from the artist even in the explanation of this wonderful art the concept shows its poverty and limitation i shall try however to complete our analogy as quick transition from wish to satisfaction and from satisfaction to a new wish is happiness and well-being so quick melodies without great deviations are cheerful slow melodies striking painful discords and only winding back through many bars to the keynote are as analogous to the delayed and hardly won satisfaction sad the delay of the new excitement of will 
languor could have no other expression than the sustained keynote the effect of which would soon be unbearable very monotonous and unmeaning melodies approach this effect the short intelligible subjects of quick dance music seem to speak only of easily attained common pleasure on the other hand the allegro maestoso in elaborate movements long passages and wide deviations signifies a greater nobler effort towards a more distant end and its final attainment the adagio speaks of the pain of a great and noble effort which despises all trifling happiness but how wonderful is the effect of the minor and major how astounding that the change of half a tone the entrance of a minor third instead of a major at once and inevitably forces upon us an anxious painful feeling from which again we are just as instantaneously delivered by the major the adagio lengthens in the minor the expression of the keenest pain and becomes even a convulsive wail dance music in the minor seems to indicate the failure of that trifling happiness which we ought rather to despise seems to speak of the attainment of a lower end with toil and trouble the inexhaustibleness of possible melodies corresponds to the inexhaustibleness of nature in difference of individuals physiognomies and courses of life the transition from one key to an entirely different one since it altogether breaks the connection with what went before is like death for the individual ends in it but the will which appeared in this individual lives after him as before him appearing in other individuals whose consciousness however has no connection with his but it must never be forgotten in the investigation of all these analogies i have pointed out that music has no direct but merely an indirect relation to them for it never expresses the phenomenon but only the inner nature the in itself of all phenomena the will itself it does not therefore express this or that particular and definite joy this or that sorrow or pain or horror or delight or merriment or peace of mind but joy sorrow pain horror delight merriment peace of mind of themselves to a certain extent in the abstract their essential nature without accessories and therefore without their motives yet we completely understand them in this extracted quintessence hence it arises that our imagination is so easily excited by music and now seeks to give form to that invisible yet actively moved spirit world which speaks to us directly and clothes it with flesh and blood that is to embody it in an analogous example this is the origin of the song with words and finally of the opera the text of which should therefore never forsake that subordinate position in order to make itself the chief thing and the music a mere means of expressing it which is a great misconception and a piece of utter perversity for music always expresses only the quintessence of life and its events never these themselves and therefore their differences do not always affect it it is precisely this universality which belongs exclusively to it together with the greatest determinateness that gives music the high worth which it has as the panacea for all our woes thus if music is too closely united to the words and tries to form itself according to the events it is striving to speak a language which is not its own no one has kept so free from this mistake as rossini before his music speaks its own language so distinctly and purely that it requires no words and produces its full effect when rendered by instruments alone according to all this we may regard the phenomenal world or nature and music 
as two different expressions of the same thing which is therefore itself the only medium of their analogy so that a knowledge of it is demanded in order to understand that analogy music therefore if regarded as an expression of the world is in the highest degree a universal language which is related indeed to the universality of concepts much as they are related to the particular things its universality however is by no means that empty universality of abstraction but quite a different kind and is united with thorough and distinct definiteness in this respect it resembles geometrical figures and numbers which are the universal forms of all possible objects of experience and applicable to them all a priori and yet are not abstract but perceptible and thoroughly determined all possible efforts excitements and manifestations of will all that goes on in the heart of man and the reason includes in the wide negative concept of feeling may be expressed by the infinite number of possible melodies but always in the universal in the mere form without material always according to the thing in itself not the phenomenon the inmost soul as it were of the phenomenon without the body this deep relation which music has to the true nature of all things also explains the fact that suitable music played to any scene action event or surrounding seems to disclose to us its most secret meaning and appears as the most accurate and distinct commentary upon it this is so truly the case that whoever gives himself up entirely to the impression of a symphony seems to see all the possible events of life and the world take place in himself yet if he reflects he can find no likeness between the music and the things that passed before his mind for as we have said music is distinguished from all the other arts by the fact that it is not a copy of the phenomenon or more accurately the adequate objectivity of will but is a direct copy of the will itself and therefore exhibits itself as a metaphysical to everything physical in the world and as a thing in itself to every phenomenon we might therefore just as well call the world embodied music as embodied will and this is a reason why music makes every picture and indeed every scene of real life and of the world at once appear with higher significance certainly all the more in proportion as its melody is analogous to the inner spirit of the given phenomenon it rests upon this that we are able to set a poem to music as a song or a perceptible representation as a pantomime or both as an opera such particular pictures of human life set to the universal language of music are never bound to it or correspond to it with stringent necessity but they stand to it only in the relation of an example chosen at will to a general concept in the determinateness of the real they represent that which music expresses in the universality of mere form for melodies are to a certain extent like general concepts an abstraction from the actual this actual world then the world of particular things affords the object of perception the special and individual the particular case both to the universality of the concepts and to the universality of the melodies but these two universalities are in a certain respect opposed to each other for the concepts contain particulars only as the first forms abstracted from perception as it were the separated shell of things thus they are strictly speaking abstracta music on the other hand gives the inmost kernel which precedes all forms or the heart of things this relation may be very well expressed in the language of the schoolman 
by saying that the concepts are the universalia postrem but music gives the universalia anterem and the real world the universalia in re to the universal significance of a melody to which a poem has been set it is quite possible to set other equally arbitrarily selected examples of the universal expressed in this poem corresponding to the significance of the melody in the same degree this is why the same composition is suitable to many verses and this is also what makes the vaudeville possible but that in general a relation is possible between a composition and a perceptible representation rests as we have said upon the fact that are both simply different expressions of the same inner being of the world when now in the particular case such a relation is actually given that is to say when the composer has been able to express in the universal language of music the emotions of will which constitute the heart of an event then the melody of the song the music of the opera is expressive but the analogy discovered by the composer between the two must have proceeded from the direct knowledge of the nature of the world unknown to his reason and must not be an imitation produced with conscious intention by means of conceptions otherwise the music does not express the inner nature of the will itself but merely gives an inadequate imitation of its phenomenon all especially imitative music does this for example the seasons by haydn also many passages of his creation in which phenomena of the external world are directly imitated also all battle pieces such music is entirely to be rejected the unutterable depth of all music by virtue of which it floats through our consciousness as the vision of a paradise firmly believed in yet ever distant from us and by which also it is so fully understood and yet so inexplicable rests on the fact that it restores to us all the emotions of our inmost nature but entirely without reality and far removed from their pain so also the seriousness which is essential to it which excludes the absurd from its direct and peculiar province is to be explained by the fact that its object is not the idea with reference to which alone deception and absurdity are possible but its object is directly the will and this is essentially the most serious of all things for it is that on which all depends how rich in content and full of significance the language of music is we see from the repetitions as well as the capo the like of which would be unbearable in works composed in a language of words but in music are very appropriate and beneficial for in order to comprehend it fully we must hear it twice in the whole of this exposition of music i have been trying to bring out clearly that it expresses in a perfectly universal language in a homogeneous material mere tones and with the greatest determinateness and truth the inner nature the in itself of the world which we think under the concept of will because will is its most distinct manifestation further according to my view and contention philosophy is nothing but a complete and accurate repetition or expression of the nature of the world in very general concepts for only in such is it possible to get a view of that whole nature which will everywhere be adequate and applicable thus whoever has followed me and entered into my mode of thought will not think it so very paradoxical if i say that supposing it were possible to give a perfectly accurate complete explanation of music extending even to particulars that is to say a detailed repetition in concepts of what it expresses 
this would also be a sufficient repetition and explanation of the world in concepts or at least entirely parallel to such an explanation and thus it would be the true philosophy consequently the saying of leibniz quoted above which is quite accurate from a lower standpoint may be parodied in the following way to suit our higher views of music musica est exercitium metaphysices occultum nescientis se philosophari animi fascire to know always means to have fixed in abstract concepts but further on account of the truth of the saying of leibniz which is confirmed in various ways music regarded apart from its aesthetic or inner significance and looked at merely externally and purely empirically is simply the means of comprehending directly and in the concrete large numbers and complex relations of numbers which otherwise we could only know indirectly by fixing them in concepts therefore by the union of these two very different but correct views of music we may arrive at a conception of the possibility of a philosophy of number such as that of pythagoras and of the chinese in e king and then interpret in this sense the saying of the pythagoreans which sextus empiricus quotes numero cuncta assimilantur and if finally we apply this view to the interpretation of harmony and melody given above we shall find that a mere moral philosophy without an explanation of nature such as socrates wanted to introduce is precisely analogous to a mere melody without harmony which rousseau exclusively desired and in opposition to this mere physics and metaphysics without ethics will correspond to mere harmony without melody allow me to add to these cursory observations a few more remarks concerning the analogy of music with the phenomenal world we found in the second book that the highest grade of the objectification of will man could not appear alone and isolated but presupposed the grades below him as these again presuppose the grades lower still in the same way music which directly objectifies the will just as the world does is complete only in full harmony in order to achieve its full effect the leading voice of the melody requires the accompaniment of all the other voices even to the lowest bass which is to be regarded as the origin of all the melody itself enters as an integral part into the harmony as a harmony enters into it and only thus in the full harmonious whole music expresses what it aims at expressing thus also the one will outside of time finds its full objectification only in the complete union of all the steps which reveal its nature in the innumerable ascending grades of distinctness the following analogy is also very remarkable we have seen in the preceding book that notwithstanding the self-adaptation of all the phenomena of will to each other as regards their species which constitutes their teleological aspect there yet remains an unceasing conflict between those phenomena as individuals which is visible at every grade and makes the world a constant battlefield of all those manifestations of one and the same will whose inner contradiction with itself becomes visible through it in music also there is something corresponding to this a complete pure harmonious system of tones is not only physically but arithmetically impossible the numbers themselves by which the tones are expressed have an extricable irrationality there is no scale in which when it is counted every fifth will be related to the keynote as two to three 
every major third as four to five every minor third as five to six and so on for if they are correctly related to the keynote they can no longer be so to each other because for example the fifth must be the minor third to the third etc for the notes of the scale may be compared to actors who must play now one part now another therefore a perfectly accurate system of music cannot even be thought far less worked out and on this account all possible music deviates from perfect purity it can only conceal the discords essential to it by dividing them among all the notes that is by temperament on this see chladni's acoustique section thirty and his kurze Übersicht der scholland klangler i might still have something to say about the way in which music is perceived namely in and through time alone with absolute exclusion of space and also apart from the influence of the knowledge of causality thus without understanding for the notes make the aesthetic impression as effect and without obliging us to go back to their causes as in the case of perception i do not wish however to lengthen this discussion as i have perhaps already gone too much into detail with regard to something in this third book or have dwelt too much on particulars but my aim made it necessary and it will be the less disapproved if the importance and high worth of art which is seldom sufficiently recognized be kept in mind for if according to our view the whole visible world is just the objectification the mirror of the will conducting it to knowledge of itself and indeed as we shall soon see to the possibility of its deliverance and if at the same time the world as idea if we regard it in isolation and freeing ourselves from all volition allow it alone to take possession of our consciousness is the most joy-giving and the most innocent side of life we must regard art as the higher ascent the most complete development of all this for it achieves essentially just what it achieved by the visible world itself only with greater concentration more perfectly with intention and intelligence and therefore may be called in the full significance of the word the flower of life if the whole world as idea is only the visibility of will the work of art is to render this visibility more distinct it is the camera obscura which shows the objects more purely and enables us to survey them and comprehend them better it is the play within the play the stage upon the stage in hamlet the pleasure we receive from all the beauty the consolation which art affords the enthusiasm of the artist which enables him to forget the cares of life the latter an advantage of the man of genius over other men which alone repays him for the suffering that increases in proportion to the clearness of consciousness and for the desert loneliness among men of a different race all this rests on the fact that the in in itself of life the will existence itself is as we shall see farther on a constant sorrow partly miserable partly terrible while on the contrary an idea alone purely contemplated or copied by art free from pain it presents to us a drama full of significance this purely knowable side of the world and the copy of it in any art is the element of the artist he is chained to the contemplation of the play the objectification of will he remains beside it does not get tired of contemplating it and representing it in copies and meanwhile he bears himself the cost of the production of that play that is he himself is the will which objectifies itself and remains in constant suffering 
that pure true and deep knowledge of the inner nature of the world becomes now for him an end in itself he stops there therefore it does not become to him a quieter of the will as we shall see in the next book it does in the case of the saint who has attained to resignation it does not deliver him for ever from life but only at moments and is therefore not for him a path out of life but only an occasional consolation in it till his power increased by this contemplation and at last tired of the play lays hold on the real the saint cecilia of raphael may be regarded as a representation of this transition to the real then we now turn in the following book end of section twenty eight read for you by chiquito crasto birmingham alabama end of the third book